0: What color are the waiter's eyes? I remember it was summer break. At some point in high school, I was grabbing lunch with some buddies when my friend Nick Kovach posed the question, What color are the waiter's eyes? He said it's what his mom always asked him and his brothers when they went out to eat. Knowing the answer meant you looked the server in the eyes when talking to them. That you talked to them like a person and treated them with respect. Brown. We all whispered, shouted awkwardly the next time he walked away from the table. I remember that all the time. Well, I forget eye color almost instantly, but I always remember to make a conscious effort to look the staff at a restaurant in the eye during our interactions. It's a little trick for remembering something that matters. It's been a while since I've interacted with waitstaff for more than a few moments. Mask on, all you can really see are their eyes anyway. But it's still important as we venture back into life as normal, and especially these days, to look employees in the eye. Because they're doing a hard job to help us feel normal again. We are lucky to have them. And restaurant owners are really lucky to have them. They can't get enough of them. Actually, though, they can't get enough of them and it's a problem. We need people. A lot of restaurants need people and there's just nobody out there that's wants to come back. Today on Abby Eats St. Louis, help wanted. it the struggle restaurant owners are facing on the way back to normal. Every outdoor table is filled, crowds back at area businesses, but Mission Taco joints owner Adam Tilford tells us, finding staff is everyone's biggest problem right now. What could be behind the issue, what's being done to attract employees, and how it could impact your next meal out.
1: Let's get open.
0: <laughs> Plus, food news and your Cardinals weekend planner.
2: So my name is Rebecca. Um, I am the director of marketing with 4204 Main Street Brewing Company.
0: When Rebecca started at the downtown Belleville restaurant and brewery about seven years ago, she worked in what's known as back of house in the kitchen. Now she sits at a table with the restaurant's logo behind her as I can see front of house staff employees buzzing about and getting ready for meal service. How close to back to normal are you guys right now?
2: Uh, Well, we are getting closer, I have to say. Our hours have been truncated a bit, like we're no longer doing lunch during the week. Uh, We had to cut down our menu some just because, well, some types of uh, supplier issues. Uh, we were lucky. We have a large outdoor area for the summer. We have a large patio, and we have a pretty nice indoor space, too, that you can social distance. I guess our number one issue right now is finding finding help, um, finding staffing.
0: That's what we're looking for right now. I think a lot of people might look into, I mean, I I've been guilty of this. I'll look into going to a restaurant, whether it's for takeout or sit on a patio or whatnot. And if it's not open at the time, or if hours are reduced, I just make the assumption that's because the demand isn't there. So it sounds like a lot of the changes you've had to make are because the supply isn't there.
2: Yes, unfortunately. Um, we opened. we reopened, I should clarify, we reopened last Monday. And the support we've been receiving has been pretty fantastic. Um, but we're still getting phone calls. Can we come in for lunch? Sorry, we're closed Monday through Thursday for lunch. So it hurts to tell people we can't seat them, you know?
0: Bringing staff back in the doors seems to be the next chapter for the restaurant industry as a whole in this story of the pandemic's impact. The Labor Department released data showing bars and restaurants added almost 300,000 jobs in February, their first notable increase in hiring in months. According to Bloomberg, economy watchers expect the vaccine rollout, plus a pent-up desire to go out and spend money, means restaurants will see a resurgence of interest. And even locally, with safety guidance changing to allow for higher capacity, thanks to lower case numbers, there's more need to hire up. Well, easier said than done. Why can't you hire more folks?
2: That's a good question. Um, (laughs) We're actually offering a $500 sign-on bonus right now. Uh, So if you apply to be a server, uh, cook uh, somebody, some help in the kitchen like dishwasher. Uh, we are offering a $500 sign-on bonus. and We've been rehiring that way. It's just been a slow process.
0: Brent Maldonza's OG Hospitality Group owns the Tavern Kitchen and Bar, the Corner Bar and Grill, and several locations of The Shack around the state. He says they've tried to get ahead of the anticipated demand by posting and filling as many jobs as possible in the past few months and being strategic about the employees they work to keep.
1: We, we always try to retain our employees um, as much as we can um and you know to hire good people instead of just trying to you know put round pegs in square holes even um you know outside of the shutdown that we had in st louis county uh in uh, uh late november december early january um we've carried almost 75 to in some restaurants 90 percent of our staff um for the back of the house the kitchen staff um the cooks are really good cooks are really hard to find, and we didn't want to let them go. So it was an investment on our part that is obviously paying off right now when uh, we're starting to be fully open in Kansas City and hopefully here in St. Louis County, here soon
0: with the volatility of the restaurant industry in the last year. A lot of people found jobs elsewhere. Both Brant and Rebecca said new careers. In some cases, careers that weren't as demanding as hospitality can be, or maybe feel safer for those with particular COVID concerns, or maybe something that pays better.
1: There's no hard feelings, and you know They know, hey, come back and we'll love to have you back when you're comfortable to come back. And whether that be uh, being COVID cautious, we call it, or whether that be, I don't know if I'm going to make any money, um, uh, that, that door is always open for them. Um, and now um, with the spring happening, we're starting to see an uptick in uh, getting servers and bartenders back in there, whether they've been employed with us before um, or it's a, it's a new hire.
0: A Washington University economist told me recently that he thinks finding new work is likely a bigger factor than people choosing to remain home from work simply because they make more unemployment. At least now that those added federal unemployment benefits have been slashed in half. But still, if someone could be making the equivalent of, say, 10 bucks an hour for not working, employers have to compete with that.
2: So I honestly think it's a good time to enter the workforce. Everybody is hiring right now. Uh, If you have some past experience even if it's a year old I would say get out there put your resume out there put your face out there and and see
0: what you can do. Rebecca says she's been posting jobs anywhere she can think of where they might be able to recruit qualified people and she anticipates there might be a bit of competition among restaurants to hire the best employees. Remember the $500 sign-on bonus she talked about? They work to keep their pay attractive too. It's kind of an employee's market you could say.
2: It's it's not $30 an hour, but, you know, we're starting, like, a brand new cook, they start today, they can start at 12 to $15 an hour, and that's based on experience, so if you're, like, a 20-year-old veteran, um, well, I can't, you know, <laughs> say this is how much we make, because that's not my department, right. but you could go in here and negotiate a good pay, so it's, it's definitely a job that you can support yourself on, so... Mm -hmm. it's living wage job. I I definitely would say that about here.
0: It's interesting. You were talking about some folks who worked with you in the past have gone on to find new careers and that you are happy for them. I mean, you've got to understand in a lot of ways, why somebody might not want to come back to the restaurant industry right now. What is the overall environment working in this field, knowing that we are not back to normal yet?
2: Well, I want to say we just reopened. I have felt such a nice sense of energy throughout here. It's really great to have people inside the restaurant because I was here during the shutdown, you know. So it's quiet; nobody's nobody's there, (laughs) and now it's like like a
0: spark, you know. It's life; it's activity; it's great. When it comes to the staffing issue, how can we make the people who are working, who are filling these jobs? How can we make their jobs easier?
2: That's an interesting question. Uh, I guess the first thing I would say is uh, large places, like 4204 is a large place. We might not sit the whole restaurant. So if there's a wait, like a 20-minute wait or so, and you see open tables, it's not because we don't want to sit you. It's because we want to make sure when you are at your table, you get the attention you deserve. Patience would be, would be great. Uh, I was going to say we did a lot of training. But our crew is still learning. So I would say maybe when, like, you ask about the special, they might have to whip out their handy little notepad to let you know what's on it. It's not, they're still learning.
0: I'm so excited to be doing a small bite again, Dory. Uh, Small bite, we were used to refer to these extra episodes with our Food News Weekend Planner as small bites. Now it's all one big episode, but uh, we still call it the small bite. And I haven't seen you for one of these in a while, Dory. Welcome back into our virtual podcast booth.
3: Yes, our virtual booth back open. It's been about a month now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It it has. It has. But if somebody hasn't gotten a chance to listen to our past couple of episodes, um, we did a two part kind of special version of the podcast, uh, calling it tabled. It's revisiting the past year with some local foodies talking about what what happens, how it's been happening, what we can look to moving forward in the food world. And uh, it was a really good conversation. I enjoyed it. And we've also, Dory, threw it up on the YouTubes. So you can Ooh. actually see, yeah, like a visual podcast. So check that out if you haven't gotten a chance to. So when we're talking about food news, can you believe we're talking about April? Jeez, it really has uh, <laughs> something about March, something about March in this decade. I think uh, March last year was crazy time-wise. This year it's a kind of flew by a little bit, but we're already into April Easter weekend. And we have a reopening to let you all know about a rebirth of one of our favorite barbecue places at the top of our food news that I'm excited about.
3: Yeah, the smokers are back on over at Bogart's. The barbecue joint in Soulard reopened this past Tuesday after shutting down for the winter they actually shut down for most of the fall too. So it has been quite a long time since they've been closed. Um, so they were one of these places that decided to shut when the COVID restrictions tightened up um, and the temperatures started to drop. So they are now back open. Now, if you are familiar with Bogarts, they're part of the Pappies family and which also closed Southern, the fried chicken place. Um, Southern is in the process of reopening though, too. No specific date for them yet, but they will be coming back soon.
0: I'm interested to know how all of this worked for them. We were talking about that before, Dory, and mm. you know, you, you were you brought up the good question, which is like, did this help achieve what they were hoping it did by helping position them? Uh, was it a real hibernation? You know, you, bears mm-hmm. got to survive, uh, got to hibernate <laughs> to survive. So, is that the case for this? So, actually, we're going to be talking to them this afternoon and putting it together for an episode for next week. So, stay tuned for that one.
3: A little bit of a tease there, um, totally. We've got another reopening to let everybody know about, and this is always big news in the St. Louis area, and it was big news on KSDK.com when it came out. The Arnold Steak and Shake is back open. might sound a little silly, but this is kind of a big deal because it's giving us a peek at what the new dining experience is going to look like there. So the restaurant group as a whole recently announced that all locations are essentially ditching table service and moving to a self-service ordering kiosk system. Um, It'll have a beverage station where you kind of get your own drink and a food pickup counter. So just really changing the way they do business going forward to be more efficient and honestly really falls in line with how things are moving in this COVID era.
0: I thought that was so interesting that this news is happening at the same time we're doing this episode about staffing issues. And I wonder if this is going to, in some ways, be, you know, you always want somebody to be able to have a job. You want somebody to be employed. And the idea of automating too much, of course, is a little bit scary. If this is what it takes, though, to keep the business going, um, and this is a sign of how things are going to have to be, uh, it's. Interesting that it's happening at Steak and Shake, though, which for the longest time, they didn't even accept credit cards. They, right. It was a cash only place. And I remember going to Steak and Shake with my grandpa and him paying in cash and counting, like, help my sister and I helping count <laughs> out coins. And then he left a tip not in coins. But, um, you know, th- so interesting. And then also that story I told at the top of the podcast about having lunch with some of my friends um, in high school. That was at a Steak and Shake. So they're Mm -hmm. talking about getting to know the wait staff at a Steak and Shake. And now full circle, we're talking about fewer members of the staff at Steak and Shakes. Um, Really, really interesting. I'm interested to see how this looks and how this feels and how it vibes with the rest of the black and white checkerboard floors uh, wearing a paper hat. At steak and shake. Exactly.
3: Exactly. And if you think about maybe why you choose not to go to steak and shake at times, maybe it's because they take a little bit longer. So this change would be to speed things up a little bit and then that could get more people back in the door. So we'll see if that
0: works for them long-term. What's your go-to at steak and shake?
3: Oh gosh. Um, I go between just a regular steak burger or the Frisco melt, always cheese fries,
0: always cheese fries. I'm between a Frisco melt and Chili Mac. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. You can't have Chili Mac all the time though. Like sometimes it's just not an appropriate time to eat Chili Mac, but.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Hot summer day, not the time.
0: (laughs) Chili was a bad choice. (laughs) But hey, hot summer day, I can think of something else that would sound pretty darn good.
3: Yeah, how about some frozen custard? So we've got a new location of Andes coming to the St. Louis area. This will be the sixth one around here. It's going to be opening soon in St. Peter's this May. No other details really on this one yet, so we'll have to stay tuned on what's coming there.
0: My cousin got a job at Andes in the past year. She's a senior in high school. She works at the one in Maryland Heights. And they were so good about COVID that she would literally, like, basically wear, you know, like jeans and a shirt um, to go to work. And they would the owner was making sure to freshly that their stuff would be freshly dry cleaned their uniforms and the stuff that they would wear to like handle food hmm. every shift. I thought wow. that was really cool. Like just especially if you've got a bunch of teenagers working in your uh, food service place, it's probably a good idea anyway. Make sure that somebody's watching it. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about my uniform wearing days and how many times I wore like crinkled up skirts and polos with
3: packies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: (laughs) Spots on them. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. So yeah. There you go. Company. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, so this next story we have is a little bit of a different topic than what we normally cover here, but I think it still fits. So Anheuser-Busch has just recently announced an investment in St. Louis to the tune of $100 million. So they're going to be using that money on a new grain repurposing facility, which is kind of a fancy way of saying finding new ways to use spent grain. So we've talked before about breweries kind of doing interesting things with the spent grain. We've talked before about the crafted bone in St. Charles, which makes uh, dog treats. And then beforehand Mama Lucia's frozen pizzas. Remember mm. those the crust there uses old grain. Um, so babe, A.B. is investing this money in a company called Evergreen, which will have its main location here in St. Louis now at the, uh, the brewery campus in Soulard. And they're going to be looking for new ways to turn this grain into new food and drink products. So who knows what we could be seeing out of A.B. in the near
0: future? I really like that. I like the idea of using every piece of material that they possibly can use. I love that they are centering it. At that Soulard brewery, that's kind of fun. I'm only I'm like picturing the way it's going to smell like you're going to be able to smell mm. like the grains and the, the hops and that kind of nice odie smell um, around there and more of that in Soulard. I love that. I'm excited about that. And uh, it's nice to see a big company invest that with roots in St. Louis continue to invest in St. Louis.
3: Yeah. It's a big news. Um, we had this on our website when it was announced and it's very interesting. It was a, it was a big news, uh, event on our site yesterday.
0: Mm-hmm. People still have ties to AB, you know, even if we we're moving toward more of a craft brewery town, but that's always going to be the brewery in town.
3: Exactly. And I always have a bud or a bud light in my fridge. So
0: for sure, for sure. <laughs> Sometimes you just need a Mick Ultra. Sometimes you exactly. just need a little something. Yes. <laughs> I this next one I have a bottle of this that's almost gone. Um, <laughs> my dear friend Dory almost got it for me for my birthday, and Southside Alchemy makes some great Bloody Mary mix, but um, and uh, uh, some newsworthy uh Bloody Mary mix as well.
3: Yeah, so. I got you an award-winning Bloody Mary mix. You're such a good friend. I know. I
0: I do this for you, right?
3: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Southside Alchemy recently entered this year's Drunken Tomato Awards, which... Can you think of a better name of an award category? They won gold medal in the spicy category for their sweat and tears mix. So the judges gave these notes. They said it had a good heat build and thickness. They said it was pretty spicy with a peppery spice. Um, So this sweat and tears mix also won gold last year in the new release category and uh, Southside Alchemy also has a not as spicy version called Mild mannered and it won silver in the mild category.
0: I want to become a Bloody Mary mixed judge. I want to work for the Drunken Tomato Awards.
3: I think you could.
0: But yeah, I mean, we've done ice cream judging competitions. We've been invited to. I think we should. I think we should do. I love it.
3: <laughs> can, <laughs> Clearly, well, can, this is what's next up.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we we, keep, we have so many big plans, Dory. We need to start writing these down. Luckily, they're we all do. We recorded. do. <laughs> It's been a while since I've asked you, what is the best thing you've had to eat this week? And I will say that it can be in the past couple of weeks since we haven't gotten in our virtual podcast booth together in a hot second.
3: OK, well, that's good because I actually came up with two since we have <laughs> haven't done this in so long. Um, but just most recently, this last Friday, it was just a gorgeous, beautiful evening. Spring was in the air, just warmer weather. You could feel it. Right. Mm-hmm. So we did what any good St. Louis would do. We fired up the grill. We threw on some pork steaks, threw on some corn on the cob um, and had ourselves a nice little St. Louis dinner. Um so the sauce we used on the pork steaks, we had a little bit of a super smoker sauce uh, in the fridge, along with some kind of garlic barbecue sauce from Whole Foods. Mm. I don't know. It, we just threw them together on the pork steaks and they were just perfect.
0: Uh, I, pork steak to me, that's that's what summer tastes like. That's what like good weather. And like you said, a summer backyard meal. Mm, mm. That sounds so good.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's the vibe we were going for. We're like, it's nice nice. It was probably like 50, but you know, considering the, the cold weather that we've had recently, it just felt right. Um, so that was one thing. Yeah. The, the other thing that we had recently, it was right around St. Patrick's day. We ordered a, it was one of the daily specials, I think from salt and smoke. It was a corned beef sandwich with some kind of sauce on it that I can't even remember, but it was so good and just totally different from everything we usually get from there. Usually get, um, their brisket, which I just love, but mm. a nice corned beef sandwich sandwich right around St. Patrick's day. Um, it was great. So, uh, how about you? What was the best thing you had?
0: This was a couple of weeks ago and it happened to be a particularly not very nice night. Um, but I was stopping by my uncle visiting with my uncle, Bob, actually uncle Bob. Oh uncle Bob always listening to the pod. And, um, my cousin Carly was in town. She's newly 21. So wanted to visit with her, have a my first drink ever with her, ever. Yeah. Never before had I had a drink with her before, ever. Um, ever. <laughs> but got some food from uh, Three Kings Public House, the De Pair location. And when somebody says they have a special, rarely is it the wrong answer when you're ordering. And it was a Friday. So Fridays in Lent, it was a shrimp quesadilla. And it was so Ooh. freaking good. Like, I... I've eaten a lot of really good things over the past couple of weeks too, but I keep thinking about that and wishing I could just eat it all the time because it was like the perfect blend of like cheeses in it. And sometimes shrimp is hard to cook into things without it feeling chewy. It was mm-hmm. so good. And I, I like eating fish on Fridays. Um, I don't think it should only have to be a Lent thing. Maybe I'll try to make that more of a habit after this weekend.
3: Try to recreate that shrimp quesadilla.
0: I ruin it. I know I would. (laughs) It wouldn't (laughs) wouldn't be good. (laughs) Well, this weekend is Easter weekend, of course. Uh, So however you are celebrating, hopefully you can get together with folks. If you celebrate, um, if you celebrated Passover as well, hopefully you are able to celebrate with those you love and honor the holiday uh, a little bit differently than last year. We're inching back toward normalcy. Uh, Still got to be safe, but hopefully things are looking a little bit more jubilant than they were in 2020. Um, And I know on one front, things are looking a little bit close, actually a lot closer to normal. (laughs) We're talking about Cardinals opening day in April again. That's great. Yes. Yes. When did it it wind up being opening day last year? It was months delayed. Uh, Oh,
3: gosh. Um, June or July?
0: Yeah, it was definitely the summertime. It was definitely summertime. So it's really exciting to be talking about Cardinals baseball in April. Once again, it is opening weekend. Uh, They're opening the season on the road in Cincinnati. They're playing the Reds on Thursday. So by the time you hear this podcast, it's opening day, uh, Saturday and Sunday. Um, They're going to be playing playing there as well. Bush stadium up to 32% capacity is what they're going to start things off with. So we've done some stories about where this number 32% go comes from. Um, Some folks who are better at math had to come up with 32% uh, (laughs) better math than I am. They're going to be selling tickets a month at one month at a time. So of course things can change. Restrictions can maybe loosen up or tighten up if they need to. So behave, make sure things are good. Uh, The home opener is April 8th. Woohoo! I'm so excited.
3: Obviously with the, you know, the season getting underway, we're all kind of wondering how we can maybe take in that downtown atmosphere. You know, right. there's just nothing quite like it. Um, and this year I, it'll still be done in a hopefully safe way. So kind of put together a list of some ways to take in the action at ballpark village. Since tickets will be limited for games, there's still opportunities for you to kind of take in the game across the street at ballpark village. That includes at, Budweiser, Brewhouse, Rooftop, Bud Deck. So essentially that's a a really long name for that's the deck that is across the street from Bush Stadium that overlooks the ballpark. They're going to be selling 100 tickets a game in groups of two or four. Um, And then you can also do that as just a ticket, or you can upgrade that into a meal, a food and drink package as well. So the ticket prices there are ranging. Um, And I think they're selling those through the All-Star break for now. So you can get your ticket for that for June if you want. Another option is... Okay, it's Fox Sports Midwest Live right now, but Fox Sports is changing to Valley Midwest Live. So I I'm was guessing... wondering.
0: I was wondering if they're going to change the venue name too.
3: Actually, I think that might change. We're recording this on Wednesday. I think it changes today, so we'll see. You know, signage and everything if that changes. But essentially, this is the big space that's inside Ballpark Village where they've got that huge big screen TV in there. Um, so they're encouraging you to make reservations throughout the season. They're not required. You can walk in, but obviously. That is a go-to spot for so many Cardinals fans. So if you know you want to go down for a certain game, give them a call. You can probably make reservations um, since space will be limited there.
0: Mm -hmm. If you're looking for maybe a new go to space, I haven't I've yet to get a chance to check out sports and social, um, but it's the relatively new indoor outdoor game and TV space. There Uh, could be a fun like way, especially on a nice weekend to get outside Mm -hmm. and take things in. Uh, Don't forget about Cardinals Nation, the restaurant inside Ballpark Village. And then you have. The Bullock, which is a new rooftop bar and lounge at the Lowe's Hotel next to the ballpark. So this is all happening kind of in this general area. But again, as Dory kind of has mentioned a couple times here, plan ahead and make some reservations if possible, because no longer are you going to just go downtown and wander around. Mm-hmm. And then um, one place, though, maybe you can do that a little bit more if you go downtown without a plan. Uh, Together Plaza is that big new outdoor space, uh, tons of picnic tables and benches, some opportunities to kind of spread out and socially distance around there. Um, again, hopefully more and more folks are getting vaccinated and things are getting safe. But uh, it's it's nice to even be talking about this. So. Don't mess it up, Cardinals fans. Let's keep things uh, moving safely and prove that we can have baseball right now.
3: Exactly. So hopefully, if things keep at the pace they are, we're going to be seeing another new addition to Ballpark Village coming this May. I just mentioned Salt and Smoke. They're opening another location down there in Ballpark Village. This is going to be a new huge location for Cardinals fans. It's two stories at inside the new one Cardinal way building. So the main floor will have seating for eventually up to 160 people plus a patio. And then the second floor will have an observation observation deck that will have views into the stadium. Sounds so cool. Um, and then they'll also have a private event space up there for up to 200 people. So can you imagine like a corporate once things are back to normal your business or corporate events in this space for a Cardinals game, that would be great.
0: Alicia, are you listening? Boss, Hinch, general hint. manager, we have some <laughs> ideas. Give us a call. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. la. la, la. Abby St. <laughs> Louis is a five on your side production. I am Abby Larico.
3: And I'm Doriel Olmos.
0: Special thanks to our colleague and friend of the podcast, Sarah Maki, for her reporting that contributed to this episode. Please be sure you are subscribed so that you don't miss any episode ever we want to make sure we are there for you every single week leave us a rating and review as well and we love to hear from you guys uh, let us know the stories that you're interested in uh, tag us in pictures of your food what you're getting into things that you think we should know about we love to hear from you we're at abby eats st louis on instagram i've been locked out of instagram for the most part for like so what we'll, we'll, we got to hop back on that instagram business We'll we're, we'll we're get getting, back in there we're, we're getting there we're just enjoying not being on screens all the time guys but we <laughs> (laughs) appreciate it when you spend screen time to connect with us make sure you keep washing your hands go cardinals and seize the plate